Hey everyone, this is David from Wisconsin. I'm Jack's podcast producer. I just wanted to remind you real quick that Jack has a podcast hotline. You can leave him a voicemail at 920-415-4525. All you got to do is leave your name, where you're from, roughly, and then your question or comment, whatever. Jack really does want to hear from you. Again, that number is 920-415-4525. You can also text your questions to that number or email jack at jack.hager at gmail.com. All of those contacts will be in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Can I get personal with you for just a little bit? Imagine you've had a rough day, maybe a rough bunch of days, maybe some rough weeks. You've doubted, you've failed, you've sinned. You've done stupid stuff, and you're just kind of sulking. Suddenly, there's a knock on the door. You open it, and there's Jesus. He's going to ask you a question. What do you think it'll be? What kind of a failure are you? How can you call yourself a Christian and act like you do? I imagine most of you are way ahead of me. Peter failed Jesus dismally. And yet when Jesus got together with him, Jesus did, in fact, ask him a question, a simple yet profound question. Peter, do you love me? Why is that so important? Well, remember in Mark chapter 12, one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that Jesus has answered them well, asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's the greatest commandment, according to Jesus Christ. You know, there are some people that paraphrase a certain verse found in Ecclesiastes this way. We have made ourselves very complicated, but God has made us simple. I think of that verse, that paraphrase, when I think of all the Christian books that are out there on how to live the Christian life. Many of them, probably the majority of them, are very, very good. And if you search carefully and research carefully and make sure it's centered on the Word of God, you can gain and you can profit from those. But I wonder what would happen if, poof, all the Christian bookstores were gone, all the Christian publishers were gone, the Christian radio was gone. And all, quote-unquote, we had left was the Word of God. I think that would be a more simple thing. I think we'd simply strive to obey. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, yes, but our desire would be to obey God. So I want to challenge you to uncomplicate this Christian life. You see, I think those great theologians, John, Paul, George, and Ringo, Yeah, the Beatles. I think they accidentally got it right at least once. In one of their old songs, it simply says, All you need is love. Ba-bum-bum-ba-ba-bum. All you need is love. And why is love so important? Well, I think if we strive to obey that word, to love the Lord our God, everything else falls into place. I think if we're growing in our love relationship with God, we're going to be thinking about Him 
all the time. If you've ever been in love, I know, like me, you think about the object of your love constantly. You can be doing something, preaching a sermon even, riding a bike, doing anything, and yet part of your mind is focused on the object of your love. In my case, that would be Jane and our kids. Nobody has to tell me to think about them. It's just a natural thing because I love them so much. And if you're in love with God, you'll be thinking about him. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, is what the scripture says. Scripture talks about meditating, being transformed, focusing on all that he has done. Because Christianity isn't a do-do-do, it's a done-done-done. He really has done it all. As we focus on that and specifically set our mind on that and reflect on that, meditate on that, memorize verses concerning that, our hearts will be full. Our hearts will be full of love. And we'll be thinking about Jesus, thinking about the cross, thinking about the resurrection, thinking about heaven, thinking about his amazing grace, thinking about his mercies that are new every morning, thinking about the joy unspeakable and full of glory and peace that passes understanding. It'll be a natural thing. We won't have to work it up. We won't have to psych it up. It'll just be a natural outflow of a heart that's in love with Jesus Christ. Because we love him because he first loved us. That's what 1 John 4 says. 2 Samuel 22 says, God rescued me because he delighted in me. He delights in you. He loves you. Love him back. Another reason why it's important to obey that commandment to love the Lord your God with all is because if you're in love with someone, it's going to be natural for you to try to please them. Again, you're not going to have to get psyched up for it. You're not going to have to get beat over the head for it. It's going to be a natural thing for you to try to please the object of your affection. Again, in my case, that would be Jane. And I constantly strive to do things that will please her, even if it doesn't please me. So as I, if I'm manifesting love for Jesus Christ, what did he say? You're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. If I'm focusing on my love for Jesus Christ, I'm going to be trying to please him. John 14, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Uh, verse 21 of that chapter, he who has my commands and keeps them, he it is the one who loves me. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will obey what I command. Tozer said, our Lord told his disciples that love and obedience are organically united. The final test of love is obedience. And if our obedience is fueled by love, it's not easy, but it's easier. That's what 1 John 5, 3 says. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. How in the world are they not burdensome? Because as Philippians says, it's God who is at work within us, both to desire to do and to do his good pleasure. Our part is to love the Lord our God with all. And in that sense, we'll be thinking about him, we'll be trying to please him. It'll be a natural outflow, a natural overflow of that love we have for him. Before I get to my last point, I just want to challenge you to do one thing. If you're a journaler, or if you're not, just get some piece of paper or use a word processor or something and just say, I love God because... 
and maybe spend 30 days finishing that sentence. Don't try to be deeply profound and theological. It might be something simple like, I love God because he made the world color and not black and white. I love God because he gave me a wife. I love God because, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but use words, write them down. And I think as you do that, as you focus on that, it'll be a good exercise for you, as it has been for me. Challenge you to do that. Well, if I'm obeying that first commandment, if I'm loving God with all, I'm going to be thinking about him constantly. I'm going to be trying to please him, not in a way to earn heavenly brownie points, but just as a reflection of my love for him. And if I'm in love with God, it will be natural, not only for me to think about him, not only for me to try to please him, but to talk about him, to brag about him, just as I do for my wife and kids and others that I love. It could be a football team. It could be a certain type of food. It's natural for us to talk about that. As our love for God grows, it's going to be natural for us to talk about him. Another word for that is witnessing. I like to use the term bragging on Jesus. If you're in love with someone, you're going to talk about that someone. Again, you're not going to have to work it out. Remember, the people expect us, people expect us to talk about what's important to us. How often do you talk about God? More specifically, how often do you talk about Jesus? Oh, but Jack, God and Jesus are the same. Thank you very much. I knew that. But most of your friends don't know that. They may think Jesus is a superstar. They may think he's a curse word. They may not know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. They may not understand that the supreme thing that Jesus had to say when he was here was, I and the Father are one. I am that I am. He is God. So when you're bragging on Jesus, brag on Jesus. The word God is too nebulous. It's too undefined. Jesus is defined. Brag on Jesus. Every opportunity you have, and they're all over the place. I know it's easy to say, Lord, give me an opportunity. No, I don't think you need to ask for opportunities. I think you need to seize them. And it'll be natural for you to do that if you're growing in your love relationship with God. How do you do that? The Word. Read the Word. You can only love someone to the extent that you know someone. On November 27th of 1982, I stood in front of a pastor in Boston, and he said, Wilt thou? And I wilted. Guarantee I loved Jane then. Almost 40 years later, I love her a whole lot more. Why? Because I know her more. I know more about her. I know what makes her tick. As we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it'll be natural for us to talk about him. We'll know more about him. We'll be leaning into him. We'll be thinking about him. We'll be trying to please him. And therefore, we'll talk about him. When somebody says, man, I heard your grandma got sick, it'll be natural for us to say, yeah, she's sick and it's, it's pretty serious. I'm so thankful I can talk to Jesus about her. I couldn't say that. Why not? You do, don't you? Well, yeah. Why not tell people about it? 
Well, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird because the world, the flesh, and the devil are fighting against you. But it should be natural if you're in love with God. It should be a natural thing for you to brag on Jesus. I'm not saying it's easy, but it should be a more natural thing where you don't have to work up some kind of four-point plan or work up some kind of burden for the lost. But it just, if your heart's on fire for Jesus, some spark's going to be flying out your mouth. It's a natural, natural thing. So I'll just ask you, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? How is that manifested? How is that proved in your life? What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all. And the benefit of that, one of the benefits of that, it'll be natural for you to think about him. It will be natural for you to try to please him. It will be natural for you to talk about him. No matter how much things combat against it, no matter how much stuff comes against you, no matter how difficult it gets, and it's going to get difficult, more difficult. The good news is the light always shines the brightest against a dark background. He is the light of the world. We are his ambassadors. We are his representatives. We are his public relations team. Crazy system, but it's his system. Love the Lord your God. Think about him. Try to please him. Talk about him. Join me. Again, as I mentioned, write down on a piece of paper, on your computer, somewhere, I love God because. Fill that in. And maybe someday share it with somebody. Until next time, Jack Hager, hang in. Hang in.